Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is your host, James P. Friel. I am super excited that you're here with us today. As always, I am joined by none other than the recently minted 34-year-old Dean Holland. Woo! <laughs> yes, growing old gracefully. Right That's now. what some might say. Yeah. Jumped out <laughs> of bed this morning. New skip in my step. Yeah. Well, that's what being 34 does to you. Yeah. Yeah. I did think it must be an age thing. Yeah, no, it's that's amazing. Uh, so, and you got a uh, a James Bond license plate for your birthday for your car as well, didn't you? I did, I did. Off, uh, off our, one of our true fans, my mom. You're we're actually our only true fan. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so I take that as a compliment that she gave you that gift as well. Yes, I feel that you maybe influenced it. <laughs> so, uh, so today we have a special guest joining us. I'm fairly confident she's going to give you her bullshit, Dean. Yeah. Typical. Um, yeah. <laughs> Our guest today is Yada Golden. Yada has been teaching people how to really connect with their audiences, tell stories that sell. Um, she's recently helped people dominate product launches. She's writing the entire indoctrination sequence for ClickFunnels. She's doing a lot of amazing stuff. What? what? <laughs> and we are lucky enough to have her here today. Yada, welcome to the show. Hey guys, thanks so much for having me. <laughs> I'm super excited to be here. How much? Uh, how long before we get into the show do you think uh, it's going to be before she gives you some bullshit, Dean? I feel it's already began. There's just like an undertone of it already. It's like it is. You know, it's it's so great. It's so great to be able to be here and actually get this like in perpetuity that I can just give you bullshit forever. So that way, <laughs> this way, in case Dean is ever feeling like a little bit too good about himself, he could just replay the episode. A hundred percent. Oh no, is that what that word means? See, we're probably going to have to establish a standard here. If you're going to bring these words to the show, I don't even know what that thing is you just said, but it was <laughs> that was than part of the people heard. plan to give you bullshit. She's like, let right. me just throw out some big vocabulary right. word. Right here we go. It's begun already. Okay, it's going to be that show. <laughs> She's like, I don't think Dean, you know, being the, the old, wise, learned, 34 years old that he is, will understand some of the words that I'm going to use today. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know my, uh, my homework for this show was the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> well, Yada is a writer, so, uh, so we do have to keep that in mind. So, That's all right, true. so, so let's, let's cut through all the, the pleasantries here, and <laughs> let's get right down to it. You're, yep. You talk a lot about story selling. Uh, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> oh man, it's so like story selling is one of my favorite things. I think that when you're marketing to an audience, it's really important to respect your reader, right? And I found that what was happening with a lot of the marketing out there, like the direct response type of marketing, was that they're 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 mailing out to their list to their audience, and they're constantly like, "Buy my shit, buy my shit, buy my shit." <laughs> 
And I'm like, but okay, that's great. But why? Why should I buy your thing? Why should I buy from you? Why should I follow? Why should I even listen to you? Right. And so I decided that it was really important to tell the entrepreneur's story. And so story selling basically entails taking a story from the life of the entrepreneur and wrapping it around the offer that they're making their audience, right? So the audience really gets to know, like, and trust the entrepreneur. And the next obvious step for them is to ask them for help solving the problem that they've just illustrated that they have. So in Dean's case, though, like, what if he's not likable? Like, can you... (laughs) Can you work with that particular situation? I mean, lucky for Dean, his his wife now is very likable, and he also has a very, very cute puppy. So we could just use <laughs> stories about Robin or Pablo. You know, yeah, I can like borrow kindness and likability. <laughs> so that's an interesting concept, borrowing likability. Right. So, right. Okay. So you find something endearing. Right. Well, about- it's, it's like this podcast, right? Like you're very likable. <laughs> Dean's not. Oh, oh here we go. I, what did I say before the show? I knew this would happen. We're like moments <laughs> into the show and already it's like us and him. I knew this would go down this way. I knew it'd happen. <laughs> I think you're actually making a really good point. Maybe. Not about the not about the Dean likability <laughs> thing. That's, you know, clearly there's no solution for that. But <laughs> people tend to uh, just sort of like bombard their audience and bombard their list. I don't even think a lot of people consider them an audience, to be totally honest. They're like, all right, mm. how many people do you have on your list? Right. right? It's like a number. They don't see, yeah, they see numbers. Exactly. And nobody ever was like, oh, you know what I love? I love feeling like a number. Said <laughs> no one ever, right? It's kind of like yeah. you, you guys make me feel now. I can tell you it's awful. Well, at least you're number one. You're the only other person on the show. Uh, Out of one. (laughs) He's the first and the last. (laughs) Well, you know what's funny that you say that is that that's literally one of my soapboxes is just the idea of people saying, I own a list, right? And I'm just like, Mm. you don't own a list. You have the privilege of having an audience and Mm. an audience is made up of people. And if you start treating those people like people instead of numbers, And actually demonstrating to them the value that your company provides, the solutions that your company provides, and the reasons why they're good for them, right? Why why it's in their best interest to take that step forward with you. It's a completely different relationship, right? It's not a business tracking click-through rates and open rates and all of these numbers. It's just like, hey, there's people on the other side of all of those numbers. Those numbers are actually tracking the behavior of a person. Right. And right. if you if you remember that and you tailor your marketing to that, it makes an, inc- an incredible difference in the way that the list or the audience responds. Mm. Yeah, I think um, I think one of the things that I like about what Yada has been doing is you're really reestablishing a real relationship with the people who you have the privilege of talking to. Right. And I think that it's it's so funny to me all the time with especially in Internet marketing. It's like every like known thing about building a relationship sort of just goes right out the window. You're like, oh, wait a second. I could just get mon- people to give me their money without ever having to talk to them in any way, shape, or form. Right. Like, okay, opt in, buy my stuff. Let me beat you to death with ads. <laughs> Let me do all these other things, right? And I'm going to stalk you around the internet. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to stalk you around the internet. Meanwhile, if we behaved ourselves like this in the real world, right. we'd have like no friends, no relationships. People wouldn't want anything to do with us. And yet that's the way we conduct ourselves online. And then we become really, really surprised when people don't want to do business with us. So you're saying we'd yeah. basically be Dean? 
<laughs> easy, <laughs> I think, easy. I'm going to stand up from there. <laughs> Dean is a very kind-hearted guy. Right. He just happens to be an asshole as well. <laughs> <laughs> I like my dual personality. It keeps people on their edge, on the edge. Yeah. So you know what Which, I, you know what I think the problem is in this respect, like because. I think the first time I built an email list was in 2009, I started building a list. And so we're like nine years. And back then, I remember like the standard was kind of like, oh, make sure you email your list once a week. You know, you have to stay in the communication with your list. Emailing once a week is the thing. And like you fast forward now, like the people that you could choose to listen to in the, in this whole industry are like, oh, you have to be mailing every day and maybe even two, three times a day because people are distracted and you're competing for their attention. And it's like we've adopted a lot of people have adopted this mentality that like instead of building the relationship and nurturing that with a long term view of, of having this incredible asset in your business, people are like, or at least I feel people are looking at it with this short term view. It's like beat them over the head fast so that you can make some quick money and pull it out of their pockets as quick as you can because they're not going to listen to you in a few weeks time anyway so why not you know yeah. and and it's it's like destroyed like so many people's audiences it's crazy yeah i totally agree it's it's like this smash and grab mentality mm. right where it's like okay i have their attention now you better put every single offer that you have available in front of them now 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 bye 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 right it's yeah. just it's crazy but if you if you actually take the mentality of like, okay, this person may not be ready to purchase my thing in this moment, mm. but they've expressed interest in it. And now they're on my list, right? They're part of my audience. They've raised their hand and said, hey, I want to hear what you have to say. Help me understand why or how you can help me with my problem, right? Exactly. And so that's the nurture process where it's like, hey, this is where I started. This is why I started doing what I'm doing. This is why I developed the products that I'm offering to you. And at no time are you making them an offer. You're simply showcasing like, this is who I am. This is my world. These are the people that I've helped. And if you choose to take a step forward with me, I would be thrilled to help you with your problem, but in due time, right? Whenever yeah. you're ready. And you know, the, the call to action in Every single email that I write, I would say 90 to 95% of the emails that I write is a response. Hit reply if mm -hmm. you've ever experienced something like this. Hit reply if you're feeling stuck in your business. Hit reply if you have any questions that you'd like to ask me. My team and I are ready and willing to help you, right? So it's always this invitation for a conversation because mm -hmm. all of the people who end up replying to that email are people who are genuinely interested, probably ready to move forward. And then it's just an issue of like, do you have a back end set up to actually close those people? Right. So, so all that sounds really good. Mm -hmm. I love the concept of, you know, getting, building the relationship, getting people to know, like, and trust you, or in Dean's case, know, like, and trust his dog, um, <laughs> a wife, a wife, whatever, but you've done the right thing. You've surrounded yourself with people right. who people will like, which yeah. is, which is helpful. Yeah. I had to um, find an attractive character somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Well done. So, uh, all right. But at the end of the day, though, you know, we're not just trying to create a bunch of pen pals. Right. Right. And we do want people to buy. We want people to do business with all those things. So how how does this translate into increased business? How does this translate into things that uh, entrepreneurs would care about in terms of improving their bottom line? 
Well, the beautiful part about it is that as you start sending these emails out and, and truth be told, I wouldn't send more than three of these story selling nurture emails out per week. If you're a company of a big enough size, you probably have podcasts, you probably have vlogs, you probably have, you guys are so silly. We're, <laughs> you totally distracted me. Stop Come it. on, the pressure is on you. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I can't think with you, like making faces in the background. <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> um, you probably have other content. Is the point that you can email your list out just as a hey, FYI, here's some value, here's something you can look at, and stay top of mind for them. But the stories are really something that is once, twice, maybe three times a week max. And, uh, the way that, that it increases your bottom line is because you're getting them used to the fact that you're giving them value. You're giving them entertainment every time that they click on your email. Right. And so what happens is that when you do do a launch, when you do have a promotion, when you do recommend somebody Mm. they're they're now trained and they're used to opening your emails and the likelihood of them trusting what you have to say in those emails is way higher. And so the likelihood of them buying goes up too. Nice. Well, and I think that was I think that was the biggest thing for me is I I made this shift about I don't know, probably a year and a half ago in terms of how I started communicating with my list um was really just trying to get like obviously it's it's not easy to have two-way dialogue always, but when people reply then you do get to actually like figure out who's there. Oh, like hey, it's this person again, right? And I have mm-hmm. I regularly have people who just reply and to just want to say hi and like, hey, thanks so much. Like, it's so so great to be in touch, like all that sort of stuff. And that's, it's kind of cool to know that there's people out there who are valuing what you do, I think. So that's, that's one level. But the other level is um, after, after people do buy or after people have taken some sort of action, invariably, like when we're talking, like, or when we meet at a conference or something, they're always like, even if they never replied once, they always say, hey, I really appreciate your emails. Because I feel like I'm actually getting to know you. I feel like I'm getting to know what you're up to, all these different things. And so um, I think for me, this is, a, this is a distinction between emailing your list and building a relationship with them for the long term. Mm. And if you're really going to build a relationship, like why would you build a whole bunch of like short-term transactional relationships? You might as well build relationships that add value to everybody. Mm. And that's you know, that's part of what, what the strategy allows you to do. Yeah. Um, all right. So this is just the tips, right, Dean? That's this, true. This show is, Welcome. Yeah. This show is still called just the tips. Okay. So we need some tips. You need some tips. Okay. Drop them. Drop them like it's hot. All right. So, so give, give people some tips on how they can actually create this kind of story selling relationship with the people who they have on their list with the people. Can I just make one point as to what you were saying earlier? Um, No. Okay. (laughs) All right. So, so I, I love what you were saying about getting the responses and how there's people that come up to you and say, Hey, I just really enjoy reading your emails. That's actually one of the number one pieces of feedback that I get is like, Hey, as soon as you started writing, I get all this feedback from people saying that they're waiting to get this email or when they see it come in their inbox, they like make the time to read it. And what that made me really realize is that because of the two-way communication that it creates, because you are asking people to reply, you're in a constant uh, ask campaign 
with your list, right? Because you're constantly asking them questions. Mm. So you're constantly gathering information from them about what it is that they're dealing with, what they're having challenges with, um, what they would like from you, right? So that's really cool. And then one one of the first tips that I would give you guys is that so many people are just so focused on, I need to create an indoctrination sequence, right? My indoctrination sequence, everyone's like stressing out about it. And what I've done is that as these broadcast emails go out, we look at what the winner, which ones are the winners, which ones are the front runners, the ones that get the most opens, the ones that get the most replies. We aggregate those to the front of the list and we create the indoctrination sequence that is selected by your customer. The best part about that is that you can then take those same emails and turn them into retargeting ads. You can turn them into Facebook posts. You can turn them into Mm -hmm. videos. You can turn these into Facebook lives because the beautiful part about the story is that it's a story. So it can be used in any different medium, right? These can be expanded into blog posts. I mean, you can do literally anything with them. So that's definitely one of the biggest tips is just like, don't stress about your indoctrination sequence. Just talk to your audience like they're people, see which, uh, which of your emails and messages they respond most to and create your indoctrination sequence from that. So I think, I think on some level you might have unconscious competence in this area in talking to your audience, like they're people. Okay. <laughs> like some, right now I'm not even kidding. Some of the emails that I get where I know I haven't subscribed and then some of the ones where I have, I'm just like, this is awful. Right. Like it's absolutely awful. like I would never have a co- if this person was at a cocktail party, I would look them in the eye and then turn around and walk away. No, thank you. Right. No, thank you. Like I don't want to even talk to you. Like you're you're right. boring. You're uh, you just you don't make much sense. Trying to sell me you're something. trying to sell me something that you don't even know if I care about. So can you peel back the onion a little bit? How do you talk to these people through email like they're people? What does that mean? So I think the first thing would be to assume familiarity. Like every single thing that I write is written as if it was written to Dean, my best friend, right? Whoa, yeah. whoa here. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. Understandable. <laughs> Completely get this. Right. So so write as if you're writing to your best friend. It's and the way that I do that is that I absolutely drop the salutation. So there's I wouldn't be like Hey, good morning, Dean. Right? Like happy <laughs> Tuesday, Dean. I would just be like, dude, what's up? Right? So you you go right into your story or whatever you're going to be telling them about. So you mm. drop the salutation. I don't use names in any of the copy. And I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, you know, the first your first name is your favorite thing to hear, and so you have to put it everywhere." That's one of the first things that I strip out of all of the copy that I edit um or that I get back from James Lowe's actually funny name. It's <laughs> that's actually funny that you say that because I never write an email to somebody where I'm constantly using their <laughs> name in the body of the email. Yeah. Hello, first name. How are you today? All right, first name. Let's talk about this, right? It's like it's so weird. I'm like, oh, like I know this was like this was placeholder text that just got filled in by a bot. Does this sound like you, first name? Yeah, does this sound like you? Does this sound like you, Mr. <laughs> Dean Holland? It's almost like those like automated, <laughs> like, you remember like, voicemails? yeah, like the voicemail. Hello, you have reached Dean Holland's voicemail. <laughs> it's <laughs> right. Like, it's so like, uh, like I'm talking to a computer here. Totally. And that's the thing. All right. So that's assuming like familiarity, assuming familiarity. not sounding like a robot. Not sounding All like right. a robot. Yeah. Like, for, like actually remembering that there's a real person on the other side of this, that's like intelligent. Like they know that the entrepreneur isn't sitting there typing out an email to them every morning, right, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
So it's like, okay, we've established that. Like, let's just get to it. Wait, in my case, I do hand type thousands and thousands of emails every single morning. (laughs) Except for James. Right. Right. So so the second thing is to, you got to start with high drama, right? Like you've got to create a pattern interrupt that is curiosity based. And that's Mm. the headline, right? The subject line. So you've got to cut through the noise of all of the banana republics and the gap and like, you know, British Airways emails that they're getting in their inbox. That's true. <laughs> Screw you those know, Dean has Dean has a big gripe with British Airways, yes. so British I don't who? know. If- <laughs> <laughs> they may not be emailing him anymore. But in any case, you have to cut through that noise, and so your your subject line has to be uh, impactful enough that they're like, "What?" Like you want them to go, "Huh?" Like do a double take. Like what are they talking about there? Right. But also based in curiosity, so that they have to click on it to get the answer. So that's that's really the second thing would be assuming familiarity and then making sure that you're interrupting all of the noise that's going on already with something that's going to hook them in and say, hey, you got to read this. Once they're in the email, you want to make sure that the first line is written so they read the second line, which is written so they read the third line, which means that the high drama continues, right? <clears throat> you're going to drop them into whatever story you're telling them immediately. Like there's no intro, there's no salutation, there's no first name. There's just like, this is what happened. Dun, dun, dun. Right. Like those movies where you're like dropped into the movie in the chase scene in the very beginning. And you're like, what in the world is going on here? And then they take you back and fill in the backstory. That's what we're trying to do with these. Oh my God. He hit on my desk. So there I am (laughs) sitting in my office. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> something like that something like that <laughs> do you, do you, i'm just live practicing i'm literally taking the tips and applying as we go now yeah yeah i think practice will make perfect over a long extended period of time in your case <laughs> but yeah so that i think and i think that that's where a lot of people screw up storytelling because they want to say once upon a time i was back in the meadow you know frolicking with the butterflies and everyone's like <laughs> but if you're like and then the tiger came around the corner you're like okay like what what are what are we talking about here and you have to keep reading right because that's what the brain does if there's something that catches your attention enough you have to keep reading to find out the end right Mm. so like one of the things that's been uh been interesting for me in in watching what yada's done is i think for a long time i was very much like all right we got to get down to business Mm. Right, like we got to get to the bottom line of this. Like bullet points. Like my my natural language is Excel spreadsheets, bullet points, and bottom line figures. Right, <laughs> I'm and so I'm just, interested in you right now, Jeff. <sighs> exactly. Right. So that's not very interesting. <laughs> and 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 that's the way I was like wanting to like communicate. Right. Like okay. Like here's what here's what you need to know. Blah blah blah. Like do it. Don't do it. Like whatever. And then as I started seeing more of this, more of the story stuff, I realized that. There is value in just the entertainment aspect mm-hmm. of the story. Right. Right. That has tangible value. And then I started thinking even more. I was like, wait a second. People go to movies all of the time. People read books all the time. People watch TV shows all of the time. Mm-hmm. And there's this, there's no goal to going to the movie right. except to be entertained. That is the only goal. And there, it's a multi, multi billion if not trillion dollar like industry worldwide entertaining people just for the sake of being entertained and so in this case like i think my initial reaction to all of this was all right but i know like okay that sounds cool but don't we have to get down to business and mm-hmm. when you entertain people 
and you actually share these stories that compel and hook them in, mm. that is valuable in and of itself. It yeah. bridges the gap between like who you are and what you're selling and that other person so that if there's a match, they actually have an interest in in doing something with you. Well, not only that, but think about how many movies you've gone to see that you learned something from, right? Like human beings learn through stories. Like for right. generations, people were sitting around campfires telling their stories about mm. how they overcame things, how they, you know, found something new to eat, how they created fire, like whatever it happened to be, like this is how knowledge has been passed down. And so that is one of the benefits of being able to tell stories is that you're educating your customer without being uh, boring, without being condescending, without being intrusive, right? Because like one of the other things is that as you take your customer across the epiphany bridge, what Russell Brunson calls the epiphany bridge, right? Where it's like on this side of the bridge, you didn't know what you Mm. know now. And something Mm. happened along the way. And now you're on this other side and you, you're the expert now, right? And so right. you're going to take your customer on that journey with you without telling them. And when they get to the other side, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, I just had this amazing idea or I just figured this out. And what your job is, is to refrain from going, I know, I told you so, right? right. Like you've got to <laughs> let your customer have the win so that they feel better about themselves every time they read something from you, right? Like we want them to like to read your things because they Mm -hmm. feel better about themselves. And so that just means that they're going to want more of you so that they can continue feeling better about themselves. And it's not a manipulation. It's a teaching. It's a learning that's happening. And so that just naturally progresses into the next thing, which is hopefully something that's paid. Nice. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ask a question before James jumps in. Cause I know this is, this is something that I talk about with, with a lot of our customers. And one of the things that constantly comes up is like, people often perceive to themselves when they start looking at this approach of story and and communicating with their audience, a lot of people have this feeling about themselves that their their life is boring and dull. And so how on earth are they going to find stories within themselves to be able to share? So like, is there some kind of trick to be able to find these stories from people's experiences and know which is going to be interesting to their audiences? I would say that it's just a matter of practice, right? Like mm. I, literally yesterday we wrote a piece about, you know, somebody needing to get new tennis shoes, somebody being James <laughs> needing <laughs> to get new tennis shoes and how difficult it seems to him. Like, he's just like, I know that it's ridiculous, but it feels really difficult to have to drive down to the mall or browse all of the thousands of options online. Mm. But it's actually, I know intellectually that it's really simple. It just feels hard. Right. And that's right. just like systems right? Like systems may feel difficult for you to implement in your business, but it's, it's not really that complicated. Right. And so you just, you just make, and it's kind of like you draw a parallel between something that's going on in your life and how that might be showing up for your customers. If you're living your life, you have content, like you should never run out of content because there's always something that you can draw a parallel to because it's, it's a feeling that your customers need to overcome. It's a, it's a false belief that they have that they need to break down. It's a commonality of anybody who's trying to go from one place to another place, right? It's, it's bridging the gap between like, Hey, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And Mm -hmm. stories is just a really great way to illustrate that. So when um, I created this thing called the story catalog, and I have one for each one of my clients. And so I ask them, I say, as you're going throughout your day and you have an aha moment, you have 
a, you know, you're going to, you're going to go on a rant. You're upset about something. You've just gotten off the phone with a sales, like off of a sales call and you Mm -hmm. have an objection that you just overcame or somebody just had a breakthrough, whatever it happens to be, just send me a quick, like one minute to two minute box Mm -hmm. and let me know what that is. And so I catalog those things. And when I sit down to write, I just look at all of the stories that are available and say, okay, what is the offer, the event, the launch, whatever that we're trying to point at. And then I just take those stories and wrap them around that. So does that answer your question? Yeah. No, I think that's awesome. That's good. You don't have to lie to be polite, Dean. If you don't (laughs) think it's awesome, you should just say so. (laughs) Okay. I hate everything. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I have no stories. (laughs) All right. So so some of the basics, though, if people want to find out how to create these stories, these story-based emails for themselves, and then use that content everywhere else. Um, or potentially work with you? Like, What's the best way for people to get in touch? Um, you can find me at yadagolden.com. And I'm on Facebook. Yada, what is it? Facebook.com slash yadagolden. That's <laughs> usually where you can I, find Facebook. Will you, Facebook well, will you agree with me, Dean, that that was a terrible pitch? Right. Yeah. It yeah. was <laughs> awful. Let's redo that. All right. Okay. Where I, do they go? They can go to yadagolden.com. All right. I think that's better. <laughs> and then just... uh. I don't know, sort of drive around until you find me. Yeah, I'll be somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> She'll just be under an oak well, tree you know telling what I a story. Do, though, is spell my name. Yes. Because it's Yada, Y A R A, not Yada. Right. With a D. Okay. Which happens all the time. Right. Yada, not Yoda. <laughs> no. Not Yoda, not Chewbacca. Not Yara. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm so glad Chewie made an appearance. He's here. So, um, okay. And, uh, and then also, uh, so you are one of the, uh, speakers at Funnel Hacking Live, uh, in 2019. So people will be able to, uh, come and see, uh, see your presentation there if they, uh, if they'd like. But in the meantime, for those of you guys who are interested in finding out more about the power of using stories in your email, um, to actually build a real relationship Mm -hmm. with the people that you have on your list and turn them into an audience, not just a number. Um, definitely go check out Yada stuff at yadagolden.com, Y-A-R-A, golden.com. And uh, Dean, do you have any final thoughts from the United Kingdom this morning? The United Kingdom. United Kingdom, <laughs> United Kingdom thanks for, you, for your wisdom today. <laughs> <laughs> On behalf of the United Kingdom, you just got that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I think the email marketing thing and communicating thing with the audience has become like, a lost art that people have just sort of not given it the, the, the attention it deserves and have not dedicated enough attention to learning it and doing it and following it through consistently. Cause I think, I think so many people have like, like I said earlier on, they, there's now this whole like fight for people's attention, which I get, of course you're competing for their attention. People are busy people. And there's a lot of crap going on everywhere constantly, but like, it's it's the long game. It's not a quick thing. You don't establish trust by meeting someone or opening an email or seeing a video. Like it takes time. And I think what you've proven with yourself and with your clients and those that you help is like when you do things correctly and you follow a process and you do it consistently, like that can be priceless. And I just think like if, pe- if more people thought and did the things that, that you talk about and, and instead of thinking about making that quick book today and this week and instead thought about having long-term wealth from their business and from the audience and the relationship that they grow, like it would be a game changer. So yeah, I hope 
everyone takes on this on board this stuff and listens. It's like a, <clears throat> I find it so hard to be nice to you. <laughs> yeah, I think you did a good job. You yeah, know, you'll we'll end the show here in a minute. Yeah, and you can, like that was good. I had to, so. I had this written down. I've had sixty two drafts of that speech. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say just quickly, it's it's if you want to draw a parallel, right, of the the flash in the pan marketing versus mm. long term marketing, it's kind of like Tinder versus Match dot com. Right. People who are on match.com, they want a long term relationship. They want to settle down and get right. married. And people who are on Tinder, they want a booty call. Right. <laughs> Most marketers out there today are treating their list like a booty call. They're like, okay, cool. You're on my list. Buy something. Buy something. And the only time that they ever talk to them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is, when they, is when they want them to buy something. So all I got to say is like, stop using your list like a booty call and you will like, you will establish something far greater than. Than what you have right now. I think we just found awesome. the title of today's show. Stop treating your <laughs> list like a booty call. There, there, there it is. All right. In the last 30 seconds of the show, we finally got there. <laughs> so uh, thank you guys for tuning in today. We appreciate you. Make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends about us and the show so that Dean's mom is not the only listener anymore. Yes. Hey, mom. And, <laughs> and uh, we will talk with you guys next time. Later, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.